Welcome to Avoid the Confusion, the podcast where we delve deep into the minds of top performers in their respective fields. I'm your host, Kenny Robinson, and each week my goal is to bring you inspiring guests who will share their stories and strategies for success. Here at Avoid the Confusion, we believe that mental toughness is the key to achieving your goals. We explore the power of not giving up. We showcase the many failures and obstacles that are part of the journey towards success. So join us on this weekly journey of discovery as we bring you stories that show we are all human and that success is achievable with the right mindset and strategies. Get ready to be inspired to be the best version of yourself and Buckle up and don't forget, this is Avoid the Confusion. Welcome back to this week's episode of Avoid the Confusion. Once again, I'm your host, Kenny Robinson. I happen to be joined today by the amazing, wonderful, super talented husband, father, serial entrepreneur, servant of God, Clifton Muckenfoos. And uh, guys, this is a this is actually a, a, a really, really exciting one for me to record clifton's been somebody that i've looked up to and uh followed his content got to know him over the past year year and a half and man amazing man amazing husband father and entrepreneur so clifton man good to have you kenny good afternoon sir thank you for the introduction i I look forward to this thank you for having me on and and i'm excited for this conversation I am too, man. So a little bit, what I like to do here is, is uh, just dive kind of straight into things and get started off. Now, obviously on this episode, I I think you have a lot of value to add in terms of what it takes to be successful entrepreneur, but something that I really like about you, and I've heard your personal story. So I'm excited to kind of pull some of this out of you for everybody else to hear, but like Man, something that I was unaware of with you is how you actually got into entrepreneurship. I heard a little bit about that when we were in North Carolina. Kind of walk us through those early days and and what it was like transitioning into kind of doing your own thing. Yeah, you know, Kenny, man, I can remember like it was yesterday, like our first conversation, you know, in in North Carolina. Uh, at the Champion Circle Q1 meetup in in 2022, mm-hmm. it's our first conversation. I can remember that like it was yesterday because that conversation actually had a, a pretty profound impact on me as well. And you may not know that, but um, y- you know, a lot of people don't just you know plan to go into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't really necessarily grow up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a business owner. I'm going to, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. In fact, I didn't even really know what that was. Although my granddad, you know, he was a small business owner. Um, and I, and I saw how he treated his people and how customers just loved him. But, you know, I'll, I'll spare you all the, all the self-sabotage and kind of backstory of just, you know, massive failure and poor decision-making. But, you know, when I got into college is really where I, I got my first sales job. Right. And and, uh, what I was selling was illegal in in every state, uh, you know, in the United States. (laughs) And so but but I learned how to negotiate. I learned how to 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 connect with people. And and frankly, I I had a solution that allowed them to have a good time. And so um, anyway, but, you know, I I graduated from college, Kenny, in, in 2000 from Clemson University and. I moved down to Atlanta and worked in the IT business for a little while. And, and during that time in 2000 is when the IT sector just absolutely blew up. And mm-hmm. so here I was, 
just recent graduate and uh, found myself unemployed pretty, pretty soon after taking my first kind of real job after graduating. And so I fell kind of back into, you know, what I knew best. And that was, you know, selling of uh, illegal uh, substances. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, I'll, I'll fast forward a few years because I had some, I had some mentors that, you know, gave me an opportunity, but, you know, I met this, I met this young lady, uh, in 2007 and met her just kind of by chance. Well, now I know which was divine appointment mm -hmm. met in the, met in a, in a bar in Orlando, Florida. And at the time I was working in the mortgage industry and I'd just gotten out of a long relationship and I, I didn't want anything to do with any, any, any women, any relationships in my life. But, but, but this young lady just happened to continue to pursue me and pursue me. And we, we continued to, to date and things like that. Well, a time came where uh, my grandmother, who I spent a lot of my time with, I grew up with uh, as a kid, uh, was, was battling cancer. And, uh, you know, I grew up in South Carolina, so she was, she was there undergoing treatments and things like that. And, and so I told this young, this young lady, we hadn't been dating long. I said, I need to get back to the Carolinas. Mm -hmm. And, and she asked me, you know, how close was that to the beach? Because she lived in central Florida and she was a, a, a beach girl, but, you know, I said about two hours and she was very reluctant, but somehow I convinced her to move back to the Carolinas. And so I moved back to Raleigh. And how this is related, because this is where I got my entrepreneurial uh, start is, so in 2008, if you remember what was going on then, mm -hmm. Great Recession, right? So the mortgage industry was on fire, like burning to the ground on fire. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so that was the business I worked in. So we moved back there. And in July of that year, my grandmother passed away. And so, you know, kind of my whole world had been shaken up. And then in August of that year, the mortgage company that I was working for filed bankruptcy. So I had just convinced a girl to move with me about 10 hours away to a new city. She didn't know anybody. I knew one person, childhood best friend. And my grandmother passes away. The mortgage company goes under and she looks at me and she goes, what now? Mm. Mm. And I'm like, holy shit, I don't know what now, but let me figure something out really quickly before this, this, uh, this plan that I had sold her on is no longer a viable plan. And she starts heading back to Florida. And so literally I looked at her and I said, what are the two things or what are some things that people hate to do? And she said, cook and clean. And I'm like, bingo. All right, cool. And so I went to our apartment community clubhouse. And on their computers in the clubhouse, I created these flyers, mm -hmm. house cleaning flyers. And I started faxing these things out to local businesses. Now, what I didn't realize is that the background on the flyer was all black with white <laughs> writing. And so every person that received the fax, it just, I mean, it just ran through most of the ink in their fax machines. Yeah. And I had this lady call me and she owned a salon, a hair salon in downtown Raleigh and says, Hey, I got your fax. Number one, it took all the ink out of my fax machine, but number two, yeah, I want you to come down here and give me a quote on, on cleaning my, my hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> and so 
I'm like, okay, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. But I went down there and we had a conversation and I uncovered, you know, what was kind of causing her some pain. And I said, yeah, we can do this. And so that was really the start mm -hmm. of my first legitimate legal entity. Okay. Uh, I started, I started a, a, a house cleaning, a residential commercial cleaning business. And the name of that business was while you were out, because while our customers were out, out of their homes or out of their businesses, mm -hmm. we came in and, and, and made it spick and span or what we thought was spick and span. Right. But you know, the reality Kenny is that I didn't really have anybody to tell me, Hey, you need to do this and that and this and this. Like I literally did flyers and knocked on doors and was like, shit, I just need to scratch and claw. And, um, man, I was paying myself like 250 bucks a week. Yeah. 250 bucks a week. And I was cleaning toilets. Yeah. And guess what? I convinced myself I was the best damn toilet cleaner in Raleigh. And I continued to grow that business and grow that business and having conversations with, with clients, mm -hmm. finding out, Hey, what, you know, what, what else do you not like to do around here, man? I've done some crazy shit for money, <laughs> you know? So a house cleaning gig turned into, um, you know, well, I hate to cook. Okay. Perfect. Remember that conversation I just had with Marianne, mm -hmm. people hate to cook and clean. And so my grandmother taught me how to cook. I thought, right. So I told this lady, she was a veterinarian and Deb cook. If you, if you're listening to this, Deb, gosh, I absolutely. <laughs> love and so Deb cook, we were just chatting and she was in the veterinarian business and she didn't like to cook and she had a birthday coming up and I'm like, yeah, we could cater that. And so man, out of a two bedroom apartment, Kenny, like man, uh, Marianne and I were like throwing shit and cussing at one another. And I had this little whiteboard and I created this menu and I went back to Deb Cook and I was like, here's some ideas. And she goes, yeah, those all sound great. Uh, this is going to be a, a hundred person a vegan party. And I'm like, vegan? Shit. I like meat and potatoes and macaroni and cheese. <laughs> no doubt. And I'm like, we'll make that happen. We'll execute on that. Sure enough, went research and all that. And we executed pretty flawlessly. I had my brother-in-law uh, he showed up in like a tuxedo shirt. We did a coat check. I showed, I ordered a, uh, a custom embroidered while you were out with my name, chef coat. And, uh, and man, we rented, uh, you know, chafing dishes and all that. We showed up and we put on a production mm -hmm. and we delivered the experience and people absolutely loved it. So that was really my, my first venture into entrepreneurship. I never imagined in a million years that it would be a cleaning and cooking or catering business. That's right. Right. But you know what? God needed me to have that business so that I could learn how to manage people, manage cash flow, manage expectations, deliver experiences. Also, I guess he needed me to clean toilets uh, to learn how to do that. But so here's what's crazy is we grew that business from zero to, man, we were almost pushing like, $400,000. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of freaking toilets, man. That's a lot of toilets. That's, That's a, a lot, lot of, toilets. of toilets. Here's what it also was. It was a lot of long nights because if you think about janitorial companies, man, they're working after hours mm -hmm. and, but you know, Kenny, like 
sometime later, she, my wife got pregnant and it's like, I just, I just had to, I had to make it happen. Mm -hmm. That's always been kind of my mindset is, you know, I'm going to have setbacks. It doesn't matter. I could care less. I'm going to continue to fight. I'm going to continue to scratch. I'm going to continue to claw and I'm going to do what I, I have to do. Um, but what's, what's really cool is, uh, when I was doing this cleaning business, Marianne is this girl I've alluded to at this point, but Marianne mm -hmm. is now my wife, amazing, amazing woman. She's the first thing I write in my gratitude journal every day. I'm grateful for my wife, Marianne. She's so amazing. And I put a little heart by it. And anyway, that's kind of a sidebar. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it, it was just amazing. So she started working for AT&T. She was selling yellow page advertising. And she was making good money. And I'm like, man, she's making a lot more money, working a lot less hours. And I'm over here cleaning toilets and shit like this. I, can I go do that? And so I went in, they had a promotion to, to give a free ad in a phone book, Kenny. And so I went in and talked to her boss about this free ad in a phone book. Now, some of your listeners, depending on the age, may not even know what the yellow pages are. <laughs> Probably not. Right. Some people, you, you talk about yellow pages and they're like, what? Oh, is that that? That doorstop over there. Is that what I put my monitor mm -hmm. on? Well, the yellow pages were the original Google. That's the original mm -hmm. search. And so anyway, so I went in for this free ad in the phone book, Kenny, and uh, started talking to her boss. And I uh, said, hey, man, look, if you're ever looking for a rock star sales guy, I'm your guy. Now, this was at AT&T Bell South then. And so, there, you know, Fortune 10 company, the hiring process was crazy. But you know what? I continued to pursue. There's one thing that, if you ever know me, know me well enough, man, my follow-up game is strong. Yeah. And so I sure. continued to follow up and follow up. And I got this interview and I ended up getting this job selling advertising. And I was very successful at that. So I had the cleaning business on the side, super successful at selling yellow page advertising. But guess what? It was hot walking around door to door in suits and things like that. And while I was super good at, selling mm -hmm. advertising that's a very transactional business yep it's not relationships and i realized that you know that type of selling system or environment just didn't work well with me because i'm sitting across the table from small business owners which i was at that point a small business owner mm -hmm. trying to convince people that they needed to buy something that they didn't want and frankly, sometimes I didn't even need, mm -hmm. but I had to do it and I was good at it and I made a bunch of money at it. And so, you know, that was in 2010, 2008, we started the cleaning business, 2010. Well, a childhood best friend approached me and says, Hey man, I think, I think we can start a business in, in this market. Uh, it's going to be a siding, uh, siding first company. So reside company, but you know, we could probably do some other exterior home improvements, windows and doors and roofing. And mm -hmm. so I'm talking to a roof master here. So, um, so we sat down, went to a brewery, sat down, had a, had a business plan on the size of a post-it note, went through, here's what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. And I looked at the other two guys and I said, I'm going to need 1500 bucks from you, 1500 bucks from you. I'm going to put in 1500 bucks and then, you know, 4,500 bucks. We're going to start a construction company. My other buddy, not childhood best friend, looks at me and goes, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> I no said, doubt. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Hey, man, go get, have another round. Um, so I turned to my buddy and I'm like, 
Hey man, I need 1750 from you. Not 1500, 1750. I'll put in 1750. So for 3,500 bucks, we're going to start this business. Great plans, right? I went home to Marianne building our starter home. She was pregnant. I said, baby, got a great idea. Oh shit. What? I'm going to go start. I'm going to start this siding company. I'm super excited, man. I'm passionate. But when I get excited about business, uh, I just get, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I just light up. And so she's like, what do you know about siding? Nothing. Okay. What else are you going to do? Roofing. What do you know about roofing? Not much. Okay. This, this doesn't really sound good, Clifton. But, you know, as I told her, started to kind of, you know, relay the mission and the vision of the company and what we were going to do, you know, I'll never forget. And, and I reminded her of this recently that she said this to me and she didn't even remember but man, and it gives me chills right now, but you know, she said something to me, Kenny, in that moment that I'll never forget that, that absolutely changed my life. And she looked at me and she goes, I believe in you. Yeah. And man, you know, we've talked about it before and I've created content around this. I've created videos around this. I've talked to my clients about this, but man, the four most powerful words a person can hear I believe in you. That's right. I agree with that 100%. Because here's the reality, Kenny. Up until then, my dad probably believed in me. My mom probably believed in me. All these people probably believed in me. Nobody really openly came out and said, hey, man, you're a badass. I believe in you. You know, because you got to remember up to this point, I had gotten arrested about seven times. I spared your audience all those stories. But yeah. You know, but she said that to me. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I'm like, I will never let this woman down. That's right. That's right. And I've I've shared with you, I had a very similar experience in my kitchen one night when I felt like the world was crashing down around me. We were hemorrhaging money before I became a win rate client to figure out how to be a business owner to begin with. I, uh, we were generating a ton of revenue, losing a lot of money in the process. And, uh, one night I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to focus on being a better husband right now. At least I can get a win in that category. So I did like, I went straight to Mason. I was like, what can I do to be better? Like, you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm losing everywhere. I want to start here home with you. What can I do to be better right now? And she, she grabbed my arms and looked me in the face and she said, I just need you to believe in yourself the way that I believe in you. And man, like after that, I was like, I can't, I can't, I was seriously in that moment. She, she, and I haven't really talked thoroughly through all those feelings I was having with her in that moment. But one thing she doesn't realize is I was seriously considering how to pack it up, how to quit, how to go back to being a police officer. You know, that was a career. I came from the opposite side of the spectrum from you even though we ended up on similar paths, I started out, uh, you know, arresting people and, but I was good at that job, man. I, I really enjoyed that career. I thought I was making a difference. And, uh, when we were losing money about to lose our business and everything, I, I seriously wanted to, wanted to hang it up. I wanted to stop. I wanted to quit. And in that moment, when she said that to me, I was like, man, I can't tell her how I was actually feeling like now. You know, I'm going to, if I, if I give up, it's going to destroy that belief that she has in me is what I felt. Probably not, probably wouldn't have, but still 
that's how I felt internally. So it was one of those kind of defining moments for, for me that, that I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to the drawing board. I'm going to figure this out. Um, but man, I, real quick, I want to touch on, you have a very similar pattern that I'm starting to recognize here. You decided to start cleaning with having no idea what that looked like. And then on a whim, you took on, you went and bought a chef coat and, and, and catered a uh, vegan party. Um, and then when you decided to start your, your construction business with your friends, you had zero idea of the work that the actual getting the work done. And the reason I want to highlight this is because I know chefs who have studied for years and years and years who are unwilling to leave their restaurant or their whatever the case may be, uh, and start, go out on their own, even though they tell me they want nothing more than to own their own restaurant or really just to manage their own kitchen. Cause a lot of times those guys who have poured that much time into it, they care about the quality. They care about the craft more than they do the, the business side of things, but they're, they're afraid that they don't have what it takes to be successful in business. And in my mind, you have everything that it takes and Clifton had nothing that it takes to be successful in that type of business. But the, but the outcome obviously is not that you were successful, but it's because you were willing to do whatever it took to figure it out. You didn't have to have everything perfect on the front end. You just knew you had a desire to achieve a certain outcome and you knew you had an ability to adapt and pivot along the way as those issues arise. And I think that as I don't encourage anybody listening to just quit your job and go be an entrepreneur today. I think there are smarter ways to do it, but I do want people who are listening to understand that a certain amount of belief in yourself and your capabilities is all it really takes to get the ball moving, to take that first step, to really head down a path of building something for yourself. You're, you're exactly right. And, and I just have always been the type of person, Kenny, that, you know, going back, I could have gone back. I could have gone back to uh, AT&T. I left on good terms. I was the number one freaking, mm -hmm. I was the rookie of the year. One president's club. Like I generated a shitload of money for that business. I could have gone back. Guess what going back is? That's easy. That's safe. That's right. I don't it's live where it's easy, brother. It's comfortable. Yeah. I pretty much live in a state of discomfort. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and the reason why I say that is because, man, like I'm always wanting to grow. I haven't all, I mean, but I, there's been times where I've gotten comfortable, but you know, I wasn't going back, Kenny. And, and I've learned this. And if any, if anybody listening to this can, can take away one thing from this conversation, you know, the number one rule in entrepreneurship is to do what you're good at. Right. I'm good at connecting with people that's right i am good at having honest loving caring conversations with people and guess what it just so happened that i cleaned toilets and had conversations with people mm -hmm. that led to other opportunities that led to other opportunities and so um you know again if if nobody takes anything else from this conversation and you're 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 teetering on, can, should I go start a business? Man, I, I don't like where I'm working right now. I, I've got this entrepreneurial itch. 
Go do what you are good at. That's right. And I, I would even add, not necessarily only what you're good at, but something that you feel passionate about, something that's calling you and pulling at you. Like, and it was such a pleasure for me to get to know Les Brandon more in depth earlier. We were recording a previous episode. So by the time this comes out, you guys will have heard that conversation with Les. But to see, and, and it, Les worked in the restaurant industry for 20 years, was successful, thrived, but always had something in the back of his mind from when he drove a dump truck at a small mulch yard that he just, he loved it. He liked it. And it, it took, it took a moment in his life to where his back was against the wall and he had to make something happen. And he went back to where that passion lied and has built a big successful business. So, um, you know, Les probably could have done that 20 years earlier or maybe not because it could have been a lot of lessons and experiences mm -hmm. through those 20 years that finally put him in a place where he could take that passion that started 20 years before and grew inside of him and actually a big, beautiful, you know, can kind of came together like a big, beautiful pie, you know, all the, yeah, all absolutely. the right ingredients kind of happened at the right time. And it you know, here's the, here's the, here's the thing, Kenny, I, I you know, God uses every experience in our life to teach us something, right? In fact, every single day I pray for obstacles and struggle. Mm -hmm. Now that may sound really weird to your audience or anybody listening to this, but, but, but follow me for a moment. So when I pray for obstacle and struggle, the reason why I do that is because I know that through obstacles and through struggle, there's an opportunity for me to grow, mm -hmm. an opportunity for me to learn. But more than that, third, there's an opportunity for me to deepen my relationship, trust, and faith in God to get me through that obstacle and struggle. And then I also pray and say I'm grateful for the wins because those also allow me to celebrate his goodness. So every situation that we find ourselves in is for a reason. I didn't embrace that for the longest time, man, but it is something that drives me. And you mentioned passion early, man. I'm super passionate about that. I've actually turned my passion of, of helping and pouring into people, into my purpose. I have, I have, I have tapped into that, mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but, but not always, I want to back up for just a moment, you, you know, for, for so long, Kenny, I, I just lived a, a life of self-sabotage and, and just selfishness. And, you know, uh, my back was against the wall, so I had to start the cleaning company. And then I started this, you know, remodeling company. I did AT&T. I did that really because I wanted to make a bunch of money. And uh, and then I had the the construction company. And I did that because it was presented to me as we can make a ton of money. And that's the key point here because for my entire life, I'd been chasing money and chasing opportunity. Mm -hmm. And even when, because I, I, in my mind had attributed money to success. That's right. And so I continued to chase it. And guess what? The Lord would allow me to have some, I had some, I made some stacked some away, some illegally, some legally. Mm -hmm. But man, there was a, there was a hole in my heart, hole, H-O-L-E. 
And it wasn't until sometime later after growing the construction company, you know, from $0 in revenue with no ad budget to, you know, a, a mid seven figure business, um, to where we employed, you know, 12 full-time employees. We had probably about 50 on our sub crews and all of that. And I was watching project managers buy single family homes and pouring into them, you know, man. So when I started pouring into others and giving and really leaning into my faith in the, in the Lord is when I became whole W H O L E. Yep. And I think, so say something real quick. And I think that there, there is, there's a couple of things that led me to that. One is I had my shoulder replaced full replacement. Almost it was labrum bicep rotator cuff, all of that in 2017. And the doctor told me it would be a 12 month rehab. Well, it was about 18 months full, but for 12 months, I sat, I couldn't work out. I couldn't do anything. I felt sorry for myself. I ate Oxycontin and painkillers and all this kind of shit. I was in a dark place, man. Mm -hmm. Very dark place. I'm thankful that I was able to finally get out of that place. But, you know, just a year after the surgery, I was just looking at this earlier. A memory popped up. A guy hit me head on leaving my office at like 45 miles an hour on a Friday evening at about 530 in the pouring rain. At the last minute, I turned, and it was just boom is what I remember. But I got spared. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why. I didn't know why at the time, right? A year later, I started this business for freedom, time. I wanted to start this business so I could spend time with my family. But up until then, until 2019, all I did was work, 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 chasing money, chasing opportunity, chasing all of that. Well, in 2019, my son wrote me a letter and said, Dad, I can remember when we used to play football. We used to go outside. We used to do this. We used to do that. And now you don't do any of that. <laughs> and uh, so just like your wife, my wife at the time telling me, I believe in you. I now have my son writing me a letter that's essentially saying, where are you, dad? Mm -hmm. And that very moment, I'm like, none of this is worth it. So at that moment, I committed to being the best husband, the best father, the best role model, the best version of me that I could be. And that's what I've been committed to. And so my passion of people pouring into people and striving to make those four people my wife, Marianne, my son, Chase, my son, Cody, my daughter, Cameron, proud of me. I went from focusing on money to focusing on impact, focusing on legacy. And guess what? And giving it away. And guess what? I am as rich and as whole as I've ever been. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I know um, you're probably not hurting for money, but I also am well aware the word rich in the sense you just used it is not attached to a dollar amount and i think so many people lose lose sight of why they started a business or why they were trying to build a business because they're focused on the dollar amount and 
man, becoming a client at WinRate and understanding core values and mission and purpose and all of that. So before that, before you, you, you back up a year and a half and I had none of that within my business. And that's exactly what I was chasing was money. And guess what? We got really good at doing generating revenue. There was a lot of money, right? So, um, Part of not being a business owner, I thought a lot of that money was, I thought more of that money was mine than I actually was and made some mistakes there. But at the same time, we were we were generating a ton of money. But I found that there were moments that I didn't even want to get out of bed some days. Like I dreaded getting up. I dreaded, I, I, you know, I was, I've never in my life been in a point to where I was suicidal, where I actually gave any energy towards that idea. But there were moments where I feel like, it started to kind of creep in almost as if to say what it, it would probably be easier if you just checked out, but, you know, it, I'm strong enough mentally that I shut it down instantly. Mm -hmm. So I was never in danger of it going there, but that's, I just, I just, I want to say that to illustrate what type of space I was in mentally. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't care if my company burned to the ground. I didn't care if I lost friends, I just, I wasn't fulfilled. And when I started working with Mike Claudio, the first thing he did was basically say, I don't give a damn about your business. I know you're paying me to be your business coach, but if we got to, we got to work on you for a minute. There's some things going on that we really need to get to the root of. And he said, what do you want for yourself? What do you want for your life? And I had no idea, but I started figuring that out. And along through figuring it out, not only did I figure out my purpose and my journey and set some core values for myself, which let, has ultimately led to me being happy, but as it pertains to business in this sense, I said, what do we really want to do? Like, we don't just want to make a lot of money. So I started talking to Macy. I started talking to the other people and within the company, the other leaders on the team. And it, and it hit me. I was like, man, when we go out to jobs and people say, you're the only person to answer the phone or you're the third person I schedule an appointment with and the first to show up. I started realizing, man, like there, there are people that we interact with on a daily basis that are that are blown away that we just do the tiny little things that I thought you should just be doing anyway, right? So then I was like, man, okay. So I I said, let's let's I can I can build a purpose for this company around that, around being different. And so ultimately our mission within our roofing company is to revolutionize an industry and change the way people view roofing. That's so our, our goal isn't to sell roofs. It isn't to hit a hundred million dollars. It's to change the way people view contractors. So mm -hmm. it, 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 the entire experience that we seek to offer our clients, that's where we started to feel fulfilled when we started getting five-star reviews, we started getting a lot of referrals. I get people who now I, I've, I've gotten out on jobs recently and walk up and be like, Hey, I'm so glad you could make it because it, I can't get there tomorrow anymore. It's, it's a week or two sometimes before I can find a spot in my schedule. So I, I've gotten out on jobs with people now. And instead of getting out of the car and them saying, Oh, you're the only one to answer the phone. Like I, I get things like, I'm glad you were able to make it. We got two estimates and we've been waiting to see if we could afford you. Like, They've already got two estimates and they're already expecting, they're anticipating my price to be a little higher because there's a perception in the marketplace that we'll go above and beyond. And mm -hmm. now they're telling you from the moment you get out of the car that they're willing to spend money, extra money to do business with you if they can afford you. Um, and I, I think 
that goes not just for business, but your personal life, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your friends, your relationship with just some stranger that you meet on the street. I think everything that you do in life should have a purpose. You should always have something that you're working towards. And as long as you do, like me, I, and, and and it's easy to say things and kind of come across almost as an asshole, like to say, I'm not motivated by money. It's easy to say that when you have a, a little bit of it and you're not worrying where you're going to eat tomorrow. But I, but I really yeah, know- I think both of us, I think both of us have, have been on food stamps and, oh. and, and, and eating, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it was a rough childhood. But, I, but, but you know, but for me, having that purpose, having that, that drive, having that desire to make the world a better place or to revolutionize the way people view roofing, you wake up for, even on days when I'm broke, even on days when cash flow isn't where it needs to be on days that we're wondering, man, are we going to make 15,000 worth of payroll this week? You know what I mean? Even in those moments, because you're doing what you've set out to do and you're fulfilling a, a deeper purpose i never feel like that's just a, that's just an obstacle that's no different than an ice machine breaking down or it's just something that we have to overcome today because because my my desire my ambition all my drive is tied to my purpose it's no longer attached to money it, it's attached to relationships it's attached to the value that i bring to others and when i started lit and it didn't happen overnight. I didn't set out to make that mental shift. I just started noticing as I would do certain things and align myself with certain people, life started improving. And then I got a little better at saying, okay, maybe this person doesn't is no longer needed on my journey. And not in a point to where I'm going to leave them behind and we're not yeah. going to be friends. Just, as, just from a situation of I can't continue to drive this path and keep this person in my life because he's driving in an opposite direction. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, there's a, there's a lot to kind of unpack in that. There's a whole lot. It was a, one of those tangents, man. But everything you were saying kind of brought it all to the surface, and I was trying to tie I mean, it I all together. I picked out a couple of things in there, and, 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 and you know, my purpose, Kenny, is, is to to really serve, right? Serve God and serve others. When I mean by others, specifically business owners, mm -hmm. um, to help them become better husbands, better wives, better fathers, better mothers, better brothers, better sisters, better freaking humans. That's right. With the end result in mind to own a business, not own a job. That's right. And the key point is this. I will spread joy and love the entire way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you know what? You just said you might have to leave some people behind. Guess what? I've had to leave some people behind. And here's the reality. I am the way that I am and the positivity and the energy that I, I project. It naturally repels the people that I don't want around me. It just, you cannot be around me if you're a negative person. That's right. A couple of things is going to happen. One, you're going to be like, that dude is fake as shit. <laughs> or I ain't being around that guy. He just, no, nah, there's something wrong with him. Or three, I'm just, they're just not even going to interact with me. Cool. That's, right. that's fine. Right? So we talk about purpose. My purpose is to serve. Serve God. Serve others. And man, I just, I have so much damn fun. But this same type of passion, man, when I was in the home improvement space, I would sit down in, 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 in people's homes 
across from them at the kitchen table and I'm jacked up like this. And they're like, dude, I have never met anybody as damn excited about replacing siding and windows as you. Here's why it had nothing to do with siding. It had nothing to do with windows. It had everything to do with the fact that I was impacting that person in that moment and helping them transform their home, their single largest investment so that they themselves were fulfilled. That's that right. fulfillment gave me fulfillment. And so, man, I've been following my passion, but the Lord really uh, helped me tap into my purpose. And that, again, is to serve him, serve others. And uh, it's been an amazing ride. Uh, it, it truly has. And, and, and just to piggyback on your comment earlier about leaving people behind, here's the reality, Kenny. There's some bad habits. There's some habits. There's some people, there's some things that until you are willing to sacrifice them, give them up, you will not walk in your purpose that God has intended for you. But as soon as you're willing to release yourself from that curse of that bad habit, of that person, of that thing, you are then guaranteed to have the success that God has intended for you all along. And I firmly believe that. I am here at 2.50 Eastern time talking to you because that is true. Absolutely. I agree. And man, I like to keep these things at a, about an hour or a little less so they don't get too long. So we got a few minutes left, but what, so I came to a realization not too long ago and it, it, it it's strange to me because now when I wake up and in my normal everyday walks of life, just going through the motions, I, I recognize opportunity all around me and I can't slow it down. I can't turn it off so much now to where it's almost becoming part of my DNA. Like even when I'm talking to my wife, my kids, um, like the, I, I, I spoke a little bit the other day about trying to help my daughter understand she was going through a bit of a relationship. She's 15 years old, a little bit of issue. And I, you know, just, I, I felt uh, obligated to help her understand, like you're only responsible for one person's happiness and that's yours and yours alone. And there's only one person out there that's responsible for your happiness. And you know who it is? Like, I hate to break it to you, but that's also you like, don't look for, you know, so I, I catch myself sharing these things with my kids and my family and all that kind of stuff. But what the, the point I was started off to make when I started this was, I think for so long, I prayed for an outcome, not an opportunity. Like I wanted, for example, a truck, or I wanted this house, or I wanted this thing, this item, this person, this relationship, whatever it was. And God was just throwing opportunities at me left and right, but I didn't see them. I didn't pick up on them because I was focused on the end object, the ultimate target. And I wasn't looking for an opportunity. I wasn't looking for a path. And I think so many people get frustrated with God in religion. And they're like, man, I've been praying for this for years. And then you got God up there and he's like, dude, I've been throwing you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. So I think if I could add anything in that is if you have a, something that you want to achieve in life and you're praying about it, don't pray for the thing, pray for mental clarity, praying for the 
pray for the mental fortitude to do what is necessary to achieve that goal and pray for wisdom, pray for insight, pray for vision, pray for something that'll help you move closer towards that desired outcome. And I think you'll be quick to realize that those opportunities are all around you every day. Man, I could not have said that any better. When you think about the opportunity is greater than the outcome. You know, Kenny, every, every single day I write in my gratitude journal and I do pray this as well. The Bible says God hears all prayers and answers all prayers where people get frustrated to your point, where people get frustrated and, and angry at God is that they pray with the wrong heart posture, pray for the wrong thing. And then when that prayer is answered, it's often answered in a way that doesn't align with the person's desired outcome. That's right. Right. But every day I write in my gratitude journal and I pray, Lord, I'm grateful for the opportunities that I do not yet know about, but the ones that I know you will place before me today to use my talents to make an impact. So I pray for opportunity. A side note, I heard you say that in that first conversation me and you had in Greenville. Uh, well, actually we were in, uh, we were in, was it, were we in Greenville that first one? It was at South the, uh, the, the that's right, uh, where I first met you. That's right. That's where, that's where we were. And uh, I had, I too have written that every day since is a big part of my life. And that, when I say I had a realization, it's because I really have, because now that I've written that and focused on that, I've started to recognize it, it, the, the opportunity, even though it feels like I'm just now being hit with opportunity, I know in my mind, in my heart that that's inaccurate. I'm just now in a position where I'm the perception. I'm just now starting to see, truly, truly see what's around me and not just exist in the moment. Like I'm paying attention. Yeah, no, you, you're, you're exactly right. And just pray for the opportunity, pray for the clarity, pray for the discernment, pray for the wisdom, right? And, 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 and lean on your faith. You know, I was just gonna tell you a quick side story. You know, um, the Lord's really been preparing me for, for the last couple of years as I've really gotten deeper in my faith. You know, my dad, um, Ash Wednesday, I found out he had brain cancer, aggressive brain cancer, right? Mm -hmm. Two days later, I was at MUSC in Charleston, South Carolina, planning his funeral. I'm an only child making difficult decisions. And I will tell you that I was able to walk in those moments with clarity. Sure, I was upset some, but with clarity, because I know that I've been praying for the obstacles and the struggles. Hmm. That was a huge obstacle. And I'm proud to say that um, he has defied all odds. God has worked miracles and continues to do so in front of my very eyes. And uh, this Friday, he will most likely get out of rehab. That's awesome, man. That's, and so we we've, we've talked about praying and 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 God and and I, you know I think that we both would agree that when we serve ourselves and when we operate to serve ourselves, we're missing a 
big, big, big piece of what life is all about. But when we serve God and serve others with what he's giving us, man, life is a lot of fun. Yeah. And and I'll, I'll tell you this. We, not this past Christmas, the Christmas before we were helping some families buy some Christmas. We were donating some money, trying to do some good. And we went to a few churches and we took all the, it was the last day. It was on Friday, a few days before Christmas. And we took all the angels. We went to several churches and all the, all the angels that were left on the trees, we pulled them off and bought those, those uh, gifts for those kids. And man, in that moment, I realized I felt better about that doing that than any, it, the, the, I don't know the right way to word this. Let me think about it for a second. When you chase something, when you chase an object, when you chase a thing, I I know full on right now today that when you acquire that, the the dopamine release, the feeling that you get is nowhere near the feeling of pursuing it to begin with. So I no longer really attach what I'm after to that feeling. Thing or that object, but yet the process of creating the opportunity to finally have it. And once I have it, it's not like it wouldn't be this phone that makes me happy. It would be the fact that I endured the journey and was able to achieve it. And um, man, it's probably another little tangent I went off on there, but I, I just, love that though. No, you're yeah. you're exactly right. It's 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 as we as we mature, we we find that our fulfillment. Yes, yes. Comes to, from the, the journey and seeing others win, right? And spreading joy. And what I mean by yes. joy is Jesus, others, and yourself. I got that from Dabo Sweeney. And so if you kind of think about when you spread, I spread joy. That's what I want to do. And that's what I continue mm-hmm. to do. But I spread joy by serving Jesus, serving others, and then I can then serve myself. That's right. I just, I just think it's a, a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. And it's almost, I, you hear people laugh and talk about things like escaping the matrix and all that. But I, I, I truly believe that when you, when you reach that point to where you sort of, you sort of start to let go of the person that you believe everybody else wants you to believe or wants you to be, mm-hmm. and you start truly looking for ways to serve others and to man, it's just it, it is sort of like escaping the matrix to me. Like I like I, I can literally look back at the way I handled situations in life and how I responded to things and the way I thought at certain times and think, man, I can't believe I was so blind. I can't believe I was so narrow minded. But it was uh, all part of the process. It, it was it part needed- of the process because without being blind, without being the narrow mindedness, I never would be to the point to realize. I was that way to begin with. So it's all necessary. Every bit of it's necessary. Um, and that's why I wanted to start the show, avoid the confusion. Don't be confused. Get out there, do something with yourself. And I know we're, we're, we're coming to the end of our time. If real quick, if you, it, it doesn't matter for somebody brand new, a seasoned veteran. There are a lot of people who struggle on a daily basis. What's one piece of advice that has helped you the most propelled you to where you are today? Yeah, I, I think it's actually, I, I think it's actually gratitude. 
I love it. And I know that sounds kind of kind of woo woo and and because it's not tactical, but it is kind of tactical. But I believe that if you start every day being grateful, being grateful, write it down. Again, I write down a lot of the same stuff every day, but here's why that's propelled me to where I'm at is because no matter what happens after that point, after I've gone through, you know, expressing gratitude into the universe and writing that down, I have really developed this mental shield around me so that whenever this thing comes at me and it doesn't go according to plan and where most people are, you know, their natural reaction is to get pissed off and angry and shit. I'm like, nah, I, I'm good. I'm grateful. I, I, I'm grateful for the opportunity for me to overcome that because now I'm going to be stronger. Now I'm going to, I'm going to be bolder because of that. And so I believe that, uh, you know, gratitude and just really, man, being, being a positive human being, energy is important. We talked about it earlier. You cannot be around me long enough and be like, all right, if you're a negative person, that's just right. You, that's right. The light will always outshine the dark. Never always. I, I agree with that 100%. Clifton, man, thank you so much for the time and uh, energy and just, you know, wisdom, man. Thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. And uh, there's not a doubt in my mind that immense value has been brought to multiple people. The goal every day is to find one person, to inspire one person. And uh, I can I can say with full confidence, you achieve that today by being here and, and sharing with us. So, man, thank you for that. We appreciate, appreciate you. And uh, for anybody listening, before we jump off of here, if they want to hear more from you, how can they find you? Kenny, thank you so much for that. It's, it's been a true pleasure. And uh, if you want to, you know, engage with my content or follow me or, or, or reach out to me, you know, on Facebook at Clifton Muck and Foos, Instagram at Boats and Bourbon uh, on LinkedIn as well. And uh, follow me there on social media and uh, engage with the content. Reach out if you have any questions about life, business, uh, anything. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to serve you in any way I can. Awesome. Thank you, Cliff. I appreciate you, bud. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Avoid the Confusion. We hope you found it inspiring and informative. Remember, success is not just about the talent. It's about mental toughness, perseverance, and the willingness to learn and grow. Make sure that if you found value in this episode today, that you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you truly found it valuable, share it with your friends and family so they too don't miss episodes moving forward. And then don't forget to join us again next week as we bring you another top performer in their respect the field and explore what it takes to be the best version of you for you. Thanks again for listening to Avoid the Confusion. We'll see you next week.